RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Tis Friday, and, and there's been a lot that's happened in the past two days since we've been on. So we're going to dive right into it. We're going to start it off pretty heavy info-wise, and we're going to like trail ourselves off at the end. How does that sound, Frank? Sounds good. I, I don't know if you had this on on uh, the, the agenda today, but did you jump into any of the Project Veritas Twitter space last night? Last night, no, but I was in the one before. Last night was... And I don't listen, usually listen to these spaces that much, but this was pretty incredible. What did they? We'll start um, there. What did what did what they do last night? Last night. It, well, it was, it was it was James O'Keefe, um, and he was bringing out a whole bunch of bunch of people, a little roundtable discussion. It, it, there was over like twenty five thousand people watching at one one point, and it was all about this this Pfizer revelation, and uh, everybody going around talking about the implications, where it should go from there. There was a I wouldn't call it a confrontation, but there was a little bit of a debate uh, back and forth between he and Brett Weinstein about about the um, you know the approach he took in exposing stuff like this. What what kind of what kind of dangers it opens himself up to? Like what? I you know that, that's the thing I couldn't get either, and I think that James O'Keefe pushed back on him uh, in in a very in, a, in a, a very good way in saying that we've got to shake off even the, the the lesser forms of Stockholm syndrome going forward from here on in. Um, it, it like, you know, how, how careful can you be, how many T's do you have to cross and I's do you have to dot outside of what you just need to, to be able to publish something without getting yourself into legal, legal uh, uh, hot water. Because I mean, we're, how do you not do expose <laughs> stuff like this? And why do you get, we can't keep being scared of these people. And, uh, and somebody, you know, we just have to be brave. Uh, obviously it's going to be messy, but I understand uh, everybody's so hesitant because we're, we're really beaten, uh, just beaten emotionally and, and, and spiritually for some, from so many years of watching the, the media gang ups and the censorship and the the complete false investigations that were meant to do nothing but rip apart people who dissent in any way, shape, or form. Any kind of outsiders are destroyed by any means necessary. I understand the hesitancy, yeah. but it is a form of Stockholm syndrome. I, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I have to be honest, and this is going to kind of like probably shock people, maybe. I don't know. But I was on the one the night before where they, you know, James kept on talking about, I actually was up there on the stage for a few minutes, um, and James was talking about how his what would be aired yesterday, which was his confrontation. For those who don't know, because there may be people who haven't seen this, Project Veritas got a uh, very senior level global uh, pro- development guy from Pfizer on camera with somebody that also worked in Pfizer who they were allegedly on a date, right? So this guy's on a date with with the guy from Pfizer, and he's asking him all kinds of questions about what they're doing with their vaccines, et cetera. And the guy from Pfizer ends up saying that they're doing, for lack of a better word, gain-of-function research on the virus to mutate it 
to pr- produce vaccines to fight against it, which doesn't shock me at all, but is basically what they were doing in China, if it was in China at this point. I'm I'm even scratching my head. I don't even know. Um, and, you know, James kept on alluding to the fact, O'Keefe kept on alluding to the fact that the confrontation he had with the guy the next day when they found him at a pizza place or wherever he was, was far by, by far the worst and most crazy they've ever had with anybody. And then he released that last night and I watched it and I felt that man, like his fear, his sadness, his frantic. Oh, I did too. He was, I did too. He was frantic. I actually felt pity for him. I felt bad for him because the first thing he says is, I lied. I was exaggerating because I was trying to impress a date. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. He could have been just trying to come up with anything in that moment to get him out of hot water. I don't know. He's like, if you guys did your research, you'd see I came from a consulting group. I don't know. They did their research. They have internal... F- you know, Slack and Active Directory structure that shows where this guy was. So, I I understand. I know what you mean. I, I and I still, no matter no matter what needs to be done, and uh, no matter what needs to be dragged out into the light, I I can't I can't extinguish that that empathetic yeah part of me that empathetic part of me that sees an animal that is in complete in utter distress because the, the stress is coming from so many different places and you can say good good he deserves to but i mean a it doesn't seem like he's a I, I mean who knows what kind of decisions he's in in a position to make uh but when you think about where the stress is coming from it's it, it can't be just about about uh losing a job no it looked like uh, a, it was a lot more than that a lot it's more. it almost like I don't I don't want to lose my life I don't want to I mean it, it was it looked like a rat trapped in in a you know with, with its head trapped in a vice it was uh, it's kind of disturbing but at the same time we are in a very ugly phase of what if we're ever going to have any hope of reaching the light at the end of the tunnel this is it's going to get uglier the first thing I said to the girls. And at Uncovered DC was uh, this is one that the first vibe I got was that this guy could kill himself over this. That's how yeah. that's how and that I, I'm just I, I hate it that I'm human sometimes, but I it bothered me so much. And then they were playing little snippets of the guy saying, oh, why are you asking me all these questions? I feel like I'm on an interview. Like, why are you asking me about this? I feel like, you know, you're not recording me, are you? Like he was like hip to it, but still kept pouring out information. The guy that was asking the questions clearly isn't a trained, you know, operative. He was, he was, he was like doing an interview with the guy. If someone was asking me those kind of questions on a date, I would be like, sorry, I'll see you later. Thankfully, I don't have to date anymore. (laughs) Let me ask you two questions. First question, since you're, you're a journalist uh, and I need to, I don't know if this is something um, that you, you know, I know that when, you're out and about and you ask somebody, are you a cop? They have to reveal if they are, or they, they can't, they can't keep that, you know, they, they can't legally, they can't keep that from you. Um, if you ask somebody who is out working in a journalistic capacity, uh, are you recording me? And they say no, but they really are with the intent of publishing. What, what is that? I don't know this. Unethical. Stuff. I, I, yeah, but 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 that's all. Well, I mean, in this case, that happened. Well, I mean, in a 
He didn't. Oh. He never answered. Yeah, I know. He never answered. He just laughed. So I didn't understand that. Yeah, no, that's a great question. He didn't answer. It was uncomfortable for me because that's not something that I engage in typically. Um, and I would never, honestly. I don't think I'd ever do that. If somebody outright asked me, I probably wouldn't be able to lie to them. That's just, I just. I just hope he starts working. I hope he starts working with James. Because James had said again last night, he can still call me today. He gave me, I gave him a, a number. Uh, I told him he can come work for me. I'll hire him. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, it's, I mean, I hope something like that happens. That there is a, a there is a uh, a chance for his his character arc to go in a positive place because he seemed like he was running from death. Like if I if I was you know if you if there was a, a murderer in the house and you had to you had to get away and you know all of your exits were blocked. That's what it seemed like he was responding to. The second thing I had to ask you is, do you think that today? Or was it even yesterday morning? What kind of of company wide memo has now gone out in places like Pfizer? Because uh, tell, tell me how you even write this memo to be very careful on of, personal dates, anything and everything. Personal personal dates, you know, seriously, seriously, because it's the not lack even of, Pfizer. Yeah, I know the lack of response to any of it at all. The complete radio silence. Uh, Marco Rubio sent a letter to them yesterday um so given that we're on this right now let's get into some of the questions that i had because do you remember during omicron we were talking about it we played a clip from from mccullough and malone and they were saying this is almost a gift it is so far outside of the genetic lineage of delta that it almost looks like it was done purposefully as a live attenuated vaccine hmm and then three months later, they had the bivalent booster available. And part of me is like, because we had said maybe there's a good guy somewhere who released Omicron so that this all would end. Like we, we had talked about this. It was just a speculative conversation, of course, but we had talked about it. And so now I'm going back trying to pull the genetic lineage chart that they had released at the time because there were over 40 mutations from Delta to Omicron. And then some people were saying, well, it had mutated from uh, somebody who had HIV in Africa and was harboring both COVID and something else for like over a month or two in their system. And so it made all these mutations and became Omicron because it was able to mutate for so long in the person. And then they spread it. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. So... We'll see with that. I mean, I asked that question, but they, they all of the doctors and stuff had already left when I got up on stage to ask it. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that from last night. It's recorded, um, so I'll go back and listen to it. Speaking of um, uncomfortable things, I'll move on to what we were going to do at the end of the show because I think it's really, really funny. Um, okay. And it kind of ties in. You know, I have not touched or talked about this whole Daily Wire controversy with the contracts and everything like that. Um, I did take a little bit of a pause when when Crowder released the conversation he recorded with what's his name from Daily Wire that bothered me. Just yep. from an ethical standpoint, it bothered me. I'm like, that that knocked him a little bit for me personally. But whatever, it's not my business. This whole feud has nothing to do with me at all. So I just let it go. Yeah, okay. You, what? 
No, I agree with you. It actually has nothing to do with people like you or I at all, mm-hmm. with the, which is which has been my main take in, in the two nights that I've talked about it. Um, it's it's a feud. It, I know we're just watching public feuding between two very large media entities and um, this whole idea that there's a larger fight for um, for uh, for people like us or anybody in social media spaces that Steven Crowder is out there making sure that the little guy is is being protected. It, it's not this is, has nothing to do with us at all. So Literally. I agree. But I want to play two clips. Tyler Fisher. Do you know him? Is this the Babylon B one? No. Tyler okay, no, Fisher. <laughs> Tyler Fisher is the comedian that always does the Fauci impressions. Yes. It, 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 is this his Jordan Peterson? Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. I have to play them. <laughs> it's mandatory. You know, if those of you who are listening to audio only later on, I'm going to full screen this, but it's okay. You'll get it. Here is uh, Tyler. Jordan Peterson reacts to the Daily Wire fight. Well, I thought I would comment on the recent, let's say, controversy regarding Steven Crowder and the Daily Wire contract. Now, I had originally added a few clauses that were not discussed today, so let's discuss them for, let's say, transparency. Mm -hmm. Section 3, Clause A. Steven Crowder will be required to clean his room on a daily basis. Failure to do so will result in a $1 million fine. I know you're thinking, well, that's comically high. It's like, well, you don't know what happens if you don't clean your bloody room. It's like you've got clutter on the floor, and then you're on your way to work, and you trip over some clothes. Now you've twisted your ankle. You see your dog in the hallway and you kick him in the face because you're resentful that you are so damn lazy to clean your room. Well, now you're late to work. You're distracted, so you're rushing through your monologue. You miss a couple lines in the ad read. The company drops you. You lose $5 million. Then you get fired. You go home. You take it out on your bloody family because you haven't faced the damn bloody shadow demon of your father who's in the belly of the whale. So you kill your whole family. Now you're doing life for murder. It's like, well, could have cleaned your room, bucko. Mm. If you don't think that could happen, you haven't read the Gulag Archipelago. (laughs) Section 3. Steven Crowder will be required to eat five pounds of lobster every week to keep his place in the hierarchy. It's like if you don't think there's a bloody hierarchy, you don't know what you're talking about, bucko. (laughs) So funny. So funny. I I just, so good. And then this one, this one really, this one really got me. Here. On Twitter. I'll put the links to all this for you guys so that you can go and see it. Okay, gang, I obviously have to respond to the Crowder situation. It is an absolute mess. What went down should not have happened. The contract should not have been seen by the public, which is why you have to protect your important online documents by using ExpressVPN. Protect your data and keep your next $50 million podcast contract super secure by using code BEN for 20% off. It was a. Hold on. We are proudly sponsored by ExpressVPN. Please do not go there and use code Ben. If anything, go to expressvpn.com slash dark to light. <laughs> Hold on. Solid friendship. So it's always hard to lose a friend. It could be one of the hardest things in life. But one thing I did not lose was sleep because I slept off this treacherous week on a Helix mattress. They're incredible. I use them every night. I woke up feeling great. Make your next publicity nightmare a dream with Helix. But I really wish he didn't do this like passive accusation thing. If only he was more forward and wearing a Tyler Fisher t-shirt with virtue signals printed right on the shirt. Tell the world you have 20 booster shots. Tell your grandma she's racist by going to tylerfisher.com using code Tyler10 for 10% off. Okay, more about this contract. But first, if your sock game sucks, you're not having sex. No socks, no sex. That's why I used... (laughs) 
It's, I mean, it's true. It's the reason why I actually don't even listen to Daily Wire podcasts anymore. It's just every 15 minutes I have to hear about somebody's socks or their razors <laughs> or or something. I, I can't do it. It, 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 which is also why I'm thinking to myself, they have over 900,000 paying subscribers. And I, I, I was just shocked to hear that what they really were so dependent on and paying Bad. their talent is the monetization of their YouTubes and stuff like that. Um, because I mean, it just, you, you think they'd be able to, to do a little bit less reads, but it's true. I, I think that's hilarious. It, it was great. Uh, Tyler Fisher, you knocked it out of the park with this one completely. So yeah, that was an end of the show thing we did in the beginning, but I wanted to, um, do a couple legal update things with everybody. Frank, um, two, two things going on that I wanted to touch on. Carrie Lake's appeal is going through the courts, uh, on the first, there's a hearing, so there's no there's no like misconceptions about what might happen here, whatever happens, which I, I think is likely a dismissal or, you know, they're not going to appeal the lower court. That's just my gut just being realistic because it's going to take balls and I don't think anybody has any, frankly, <laughs> quite frankly, you can put that on your show now. Um, You're already in my intermission. I was doing an interview where I I forget, but you were you were all spiffed up, so it must have been a, a big interview. And not the uh, you're, you're right there in the intermission. Quite frankly, yeah, I saw that. I love your intermission, by the way. It's great. It's gonna get. It's gonna get. It, it needs a facelift. It, it, that's coming. I like that you have what's his name at the end, Neil. Uh, what's his name? The comedian that they did the the Norm Norm McDonald. Sorry. His brother, Neil, of course, he was in there, too. <laughs> All right. So Carrie Lake's appeal. Um, I, I we could it, the case is there. The case is solid. That's not even a question. Like no question whatsoever. This is a solid ass case. Solid. However, the judges are my problem. And if it gets it, either way, if they say, you know what, we need a new election. Katie Hobbs is going to appeal it anyway. Higher. So it's going to the SCOTUS, and it can go to the SCOTUS because there are constitutional claims included inside of this appeal for the for the um things that were brought that the judge did not take up, which they are arguing he should have. So there's a way, there's a maneuver in here to get it to the SCOTUS. However, this appeal is interesting. And the reason, one of the reasons why this, this is a reply. So this is a rep reply brief to Katie Hobbs, Maricopa County, who wanted this to be squashed they get to reply back to what they had filed does that make sense yeah okay so because the senate in arizona had that hearing judicial review can be kind of invoked so they can now use whatever was in that hearing in the appeal even though it wasn't originally included in the case so like things like that, or like if there was another lawsuit that introduced more evidence in regards to this, they could have brought that in as well now. So it kind of opened up an avenue for them to include more facts and data that they didn't have before. And the only reason that they can include it is because it was done in a government hearing. So that stuff was added here. Um, we've said so many times, like if somebody needs 12 or 13 pages on something, they probably don't have a very strong argument. Like if you have a strong argument, you don't need 14 pages to explain why. 
you you just you do it briefly. That's it's just it's understood that way, especially in appellate briefs where your word count is so severely restricted, severely restricted. So they spend 13 pages on the chain of custody, Frank. Car- uh, Hobbs does trying to explain that there were too many votes that day. And because there were too many votes, they had to not follow chain of custody and count the votes at runback, which is where all of these problems came in. And the difference, the difference in the counts is enough to overturn the results, put the results so in question. So what you're saying is that when you see a, uh, when you see something like this file that is over 10, 12, 13 pages long, it's just a much more highly consequential form of the left can't meme. Pretty much. And it was 13 pages or 12 pages within the the greater brief that they had. So mm. it wasn't just a single standalone. This is 12 pages of the, it's just too much. It, it's too much. They're really worried about the chain of custody because to this day, they still have not been able to provide those forms as requested or required by law. Remember the forms that they had to have filled out and we had Mrs. L- uh, Hunt, was it Honey? Mrs. Honey, who was the expert witness for Carrie Lake that came out and talked about that. I think it's fuzzy at this point, but I know. I, I'm following at least. They were, and then they bring in Jarrett too, his plagi- his uh, plagiarism, his perjury about the fit to print. Um, yes, the, I remember the fit to print. Nonsense. Um, they actually had the balls to say, that he wasn't, that Jarrett wasn't asked about ballots printing on a 19-inch paper, a 19-inch image on a 20-inch paper the first day, which is just complete gaslighting. It's almost as bad as the time that that senator in Georgia was like, they didn't pull anything out from under that table as we had just watched them pull a suitcase of ballots out from under the table. So that's that. It's it's a very good it's a it's a long thread because the um, brief was forty eight pages in total to be able to reply to all of their stuff, and it's on Twitter Truth Social and uh, it'll be published today on Uncovered DC as well. Um, but this is strong, and I, I'm just interested to see what happens on the first. And again, Carrie Lake will be joining the podcast, just not sure what day yet. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, she retweeted this. this that was kind of her. And it kind of is cool for me, not because it's actually her who's involved in it, but because she was a journalist. So when she says, if you do nothing else today, read this, it's kind of like, oh, that's really cool. I liked it. Um, But it is available on our script if you want to read the entire thing yourself. Of course, it's there. Um, Just another thing to come out of this. 75% of the votes on Election Day were for Carrie Lake. A quarter of a million of those voting attempts failed, according to the log files that were obtained via FOIA. A quarter, 250,000 votes failed. 250,000 times votes failed, I should say. So. What a mess. Huge mess. Let's, let's play this real quick. Shelby, how did Bill Gates and the guys at Maricopa County go on TV all the time? And say it was the most perfect. It had a, a speed bump, maybe about the size of the envelope, but they took care of it in in minutes after it was over. And this was one of the best run, if not the best run, election in the history of uh, of Arizona, ma'am. How do, how does that happen? How how do you have that disconnect? Well, let me tell you how how perfect this election was. 
we also analyze the slog files. Okay, the slog files are the system log files that tell you every read in those tabulators for the 2022 election. They claim that the EAC is the regulating agency that takes care of those tabulators and decides which ones are used and how they're used. These tabulators are not to exceed an error rate of 0.002 or one in 500 ballots. On election day, Maricopa County used 446 tabulators. Not one of them met EAC standard. As a matter of fact, they averaged 235 times the EAC standard, rejecting over a quarter of a million ballots in ballot feed errors. This is not just an imperfect election, as they like to claim. They say, well, there's no perfect election, but this is an, an incredible election. This was an absolute disaster and a disservice to the citizens of Maricopa County. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. You know, they actually went and said, you know, um, mistakes aren't crimes, but that's not what they're alleging anyway. Like the whole they challenge in this appeal, the notion that the, the judge in the lower court, the trial court erred in requiring they prove intent. It's not a part of the statute. That's a big part of this appeal. Intent is not a part of the statute. They don't have to prove that they meant to do it. Why have these laws and rules if if all they have to prove is that the election results are in doubt because these rules weren't followed, mistakes or otherwise? It's like almost like, you know, I robbed a bank and then I'm like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. I'm not guilty. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? That's the I mean, that's the it's, defense a lot of them use all the time. That, that's going to be that, that's that's really what the um, the the overall ideologies uh, campaign slogan is going to become from here on in mistakes are not crimes i didn't just so everything can be a mistake and uh you know it was it was a it was a rapidly evolving situation and we were trying to stay on top of it mistakes were made but we had the best intentions just so happens that after every every uh every series of 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 mistakes successive mistakes we are always in the same position we were before with raises (laughs) <laughs> you know, with that, you know, it, it's just that I've never seen a group of people that benefit so consistently from mistakes. mistakes and uh, it's just incredible. It's it's I mean, there's there's a you know, there's a lot here. Um, there's a lot here and it, there there's a lot in the thread. It's just, it's just a, it's a nightmare. It really is. Um, one more legal update for us today, Frank, in Missouri versus Biden. If you've been following the podcast, you know about this case. If you haven't, definitely head over to Truth Social or to Twitter and check my pinned tweet slash truth. Um, so they got the deposition of, of one of the guys from CISA, very high up, Frank. His name was um, Scully, Brian Scully. And okay. they're, they're doing this deposition. And in the deposition at the end-ish, Scully is questioned who else was running this switchboard with you because they had like what I've been calling a help desk where every government agency was starting to come to CISA with their censorship requests and they'd bring them to this desk and then the people at CISA would handle and dole them out wherever they wanted they needed to go and it's called a switchboard in CISA terms and they had people working the switchboard and this guy Scully was forced to give up the names of the other people working the switchboard during the time period we're talking about up to present and he gave these names and it turned out that of course CISA not only didn't return that information in discovery like they were required to do 
but they didn't even look for it. So Missouri and Louisiana were like, we're putting our foot down on this. And they filed a motion to compel CISA to provide that information. And remember, they're just trying right now. The judge is just, they're, they're getting this discovery right now. So the judge can rule on a temporary injunction to stop all this activity while the rest of the case progresses. So this isn't even for actual trial. This is for a temporary injunction. And the judge has made a point over and over to say, you, you're, there's going to be more government because when we get to, to discovery for trial, this gets much, much, much broader. Right now, it's very narrow so that they can prove their temporary injunction case. But it's going to go way broader than this for the actual trial and case itself. So, And when is that, when is that again? Well, he's going to rule on the, the temporary injunction in early March because there's a brief that needs to be filed to prove it. Like, so they'll file a brief and prove out their case for the temporary injunction. Then the, the, the you know, government gets to respond and say why they shouldn't grant the temporary injunction. There's no good reason why they shouldn't. The judge has already pretty much said he's going to do it. Then there's going to be appeals and all that nonsense. And at the same time, there's a pending motion to dismiss in front of this judge that he's going to have to rule on whether or not the case should be dismissed as, as a whole. So there's a lot of legal steps that are going on all at the same time. But we'll know on the temporary injunction in early March. In the meantime, there's so much more stuff coming out still. So they file a motion to compel the, the judge to order CISA to go back and do actual real discovery. And CISA, um, I'm sorry, the government files a response saying, no, this shouldn't be required. You know, there's already been enough provided. They shouldn't have to do this. Um, then CISA says, we'd like to file our own pleas as well because they're not part, you know, filing authorities because they're just a like one little small section of it. And then the judge has that in front of him. And the judge comes back, Frank, and smacks their asses down so hard. He basically says, yes, you're going to provide all this information. No, CISA, you're not allowed to come in and say why you shouldn't have to provide all this information. They've all, and CISA is basically saying, and the government's saying, we're not still doing this. So there's no ongoing harm. So we, we don't have to provide this information. And the judge is saying, I don't care if there's ongoing harm. There's been harm, and yes, you do. So the judge ruled that CISA needed to provide the additional information. He says, um, once federal defendants became aware at the deposition of Scully that its previous answers were incomplete or incorrect, federal defendants had a duty to supplement their previous answers. Meaning, once the, the, the plaintiffs realized in the deposition that they had not provided the right discovery or enough discovery, then the defendants have a duty to do that. Like, you can't just not provide information because you don't feel like it in a court case. That's not how it works. Right. So the judge ends up saying, <laughs> I can't believe this, but it's true. He says, federal defendants further argue that this information has already been received by plaintiffs, but admit that they did not conduct a search of the names of the five relevant CISA employees. Again, the plaintiffs are not required to rely on federal defendants' representation that this information has already been received. Until a search has been completed of the five employees of CISA at issue, it is impossible for either party to determine whether this information has already been provided. Plaintiffs have set forth sufficient allegations and evidence to at least explore 
whether the switchboarding was disbanded, paused, or neither after the 2020 election, i.e. the judges saying, they've shown me enough already for me not to believe that you've stopped this. Like, mm. it, it's... It is... I can't explain how serious this really is for them. Like, I'm, I, I'm like the lone person in the wilderness screaming about this case, but it is so serious for them right now. The government is in deep shit. They are. This judge is not having it. He's not having it. The appeals court isn't really having it either. And it's such a severe constitutional violation what they're doing that I think even on the take appellate judges are like, holy crap, this is actually happening. There's going to be quite a few judges found with a pillow over their heads soon. If they don't go along with it. <laughs> hey, if what you say, I, I, that would be, that would be remarkable. If something, something of this magnitude is really that unavoidable that we, we could see. I, I again, I, I just try to imagine the end, the, the end of it all. Um, how are they rebuff? What, what is the, what does the the rulings look like? What are the consequences look like? And how much attention will it get? Even um, worse, even worse, Frank. A couple things. Number one, um, the employees of CISA that they're talking about here, two of them actually worked for the Stanford Internet Observatory at the same time as CISA. So if you're following the Twitter file, as you know, that that was one of the the you know, companies or not-for-profits or NGOs that was also censoring, working directly with Twitter to sense. How do you, and Vidaya, the, the guy, whatever her name is, the, the legal person from Twitter, the trust and safety woman or whatever. Vijaya Gade or Vijaya. something. Look, it's me and Will on our wedding day. Where? Uh, on the screen. Hold on. Switching between one of the, one thing or another. Oh, oh, the one that you tweeted out? Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. That was my favorite picture, and it wasn't even a professional photo. That was just a random moment. I don't know what I'm thinking there, but it looks like it's good, whatever it is. Um, hold on. Hold on. I have a tweet. She was working for CISA at the same time as Twitter. Thanks to Name Redacted, he found that. Here it is. Since December 1st, 2021, Vijay Agade has been on the CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Committee. During the CISA Facebook propaganda calls, was Vijaya representing Twitter or CISA? And now she works for them straight out. Double dipping, two time and mo- <laughs> Anyway. I should have said that with the glasses on. I wear my sunglasses. Where's Pelosi's boobs? I don't see them. For goodness sake. Oh, well, I actually, you know, you know, it's funny. I went and I went on to my uh, Brave browser that day when everybody was making jokes about the reflection in the glasses and Pelosi's cleavage. And I went on my Brave br browser to find the best picture of the beach cleavage shot that I could so that I can set up a, a moment where I can put it a really big on my screen and and see if anybody <laughs> would actually notice it. And uh that was that that's been like 2 weeks ago now and I I have since deleted the uh the picture because I actually I don't want it on my computer. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all actually. It's terrible. Um One day uh, one day I'll get you. You've got to. 
You've got us. Oh, so, so funny, Janet, in the Rumble chats. Like, let's not see those, actually, please, Tracy. And Linda Love, good friend of the show, asks if I'm wearing an Uncover DC hoodie. I Yes, I am, in fact, wearing an Uncover DC hoodie. Actual journalism. <laughs> you can go to UncoverDC.com slash shop and obtain yourself one if you request, if you'd like. I'm going to get myself an Uncover DC thong. Those are in the special store. You're not supposed to tell anyone about that. G-string. I want I want a holiday G-string. I might, I might have to make you one now. <laughs> and force you. When we had the extravaganza a couple years ago, do you remember you were teaching me how to do, uh, what was it, planks or squats? Hor- ho- horse stance. Horse stance. Somebody made a, a gif out of that. Did- In fact, you know what? Since we've gone to video. You haven't done it. I haven't even thought about it. I should uh, one day. I should just be sitting in in uh, horse stance for the whole uh, show. <laughs> an hour would be that would be a new for me. I I, I don't know. Uh, an hour. I would definitely need to. Uh, I definitely need to straighten the legs out at least once. Hour would would cripple me for the whole day. I, I Is, don't even don't even. Um, <laughs> Back to the show. Now that I've thought of Frank and an uncovered DC thong in my head, it's just not sitting good. in horse stance. Sitting in- <laughs> in a- <laughs> Training for the pride parade. You can just picture our word map over your crotch. With- <laughs> man, oh man. Okay. Um, they want to disbar John Eastman, Frank. Uh, wait, wait, where's this guy from again? He's the lawyer who was helping President Trump with his election integrity claims. Okay. They want to disbar him in California. And the whole thing is just so wrong. Like, what about the guy who represented Jeffrey Dahmer? Do we want to, do we want to disbar him too? Because he took on a client that everybody hated? Like, what's the point of the legal system in this country if you can't take on controversial issues and defend against them? No, but we we romanticize serial killers, so Dahmer would be fine. Oh, but oh, oh. Uh, Trump, Trump, Trump had some nasty ideas about how we should uh, manage the border and and be a little bit more responsible with international trade. So he needs to be killed. <laughs> yeah, you you give a serial serial killer ten years, and 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 somebody's going to make some kind of uh, romanticized uh, Netflix show about them you know the family the family's coming out on that and they're really not have the families of the people that were harmed by Dahmer is coming out they're coming out like on that they're really not happy that they did the Dahmer series they're really not but I don't like you know you know what is a great film did you have you ever seen copycat Mm -mm. you and are is Will into like uh, uh thrillers yeah oh yeah Okay, and obviously you are. You're a detective yourself. You've got to watch this weekend. You've got to watch Copycat with Sigourney Weaver. And, Maybe uh, I'll forgot, watch it tonight. It's date night. Watch Copycat. I think that you guys will love it. And it is thrilling. How- uh, 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 Harry Connick Jr.'s in there. Oh, I like uh, it. How thrilling is it, Frank? He's a he's a well Harry Connick is a he's a sicko in this one. It's a it's about copycat serial killers. You gotta I haven't seen it in at least fifteen. It's that 17, old. I, oh, it's 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 over thirty years old at this point. Maybe but I, I haven't seen it. seen it in so long. It is 
I know it holds up. It's a good movie. You got to watch it. I will. I will uh, talk to him about maybe putting it on the rotation for this evening because we don't have any shows to watch this evening. Do it. All right. All right. Um, I want to make sure that we get an update in on the eggs, Frank. Before, before, because we we go till nine thirty in case nine thirty Eastern in case anybody didn't know. I want to make sure we get an update in on the eggs. Eighteen dollars a dozen. How did America's eggs get absurdly expensive? Eighteen dollars a dozen. Where are you buying your eggs? Not me. This is a headline. I see it. The Upper East Side of Manhattan, one of the most expensive neighborhoods in America, Eli's Market, a gourmet grocery store. A dozen organic eggs cost between twelve ninety nine and seventeen ninety nine. I mean, I, I, mean, I use hey, two or three eggs to bread chicken cutlets, for goodness sakes. This is why, this is why when we are in endgame scenarios, especially with economic collapse, inflation, or any other kind of societal breakdown, the cities always feel it first. And it's always triggered by the, the ridiculous demands of the cities as well. They just don't understand how the supply chain works. They, ha- they take so much delight in shitting all over the farmers in this country, flyover country, all the red areas that don't vote. It's just cows. It's not people. Why should their votes matter? Because they feed you. Because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the choker has been made a little bit too tight. And what should be readily available, what should be readily available, it has been in the past, is starting to feel a little bit more of a squeeze. They're they're blaming the avian flu in this. Right. We talked about that. But I have a Telegram video to play for everybody here, which is very interesting. I can't listen. I'm just providing information. I'm not vouching for this woman. I don't know her. She's clearly got a bunch of chickens running around behind her. But this is what's going around. Just showing it to you so that you have the knowledge in your back pocket. Here we go. Here's my take on what's been going on with the egg situation. Everybody keeps asking me. Why is the price of eggs so high? Everybody knows that they're extremely ungodly right now, right? Well, here's a chicken conspiracy for you that's not really a conspiracy. It's being confirmed not only here in our house, but apparently all over the nation. And nobody said anything about it because we all just assumed it was winter. They stopped laying in the winter as much. And come to find out that everybody across the nation stopped getting eggs from their chickens altogether. Nobody got a single egg all winter from there. Everybody's reporting end of September to like mid-October, the chickens stopped laying and ours stopped laying in September. We hadn't had a single egg all winter. Well, we discovered, we have a little escape artist here, Luna, our white leghorn there. She can get out of the coop and just, we can't contain her. Anyway, she started laying again about a month ago and we discovered that well, that's weird she started to lay and nobody's laid in months like we have gone months you go, Margo. we've gone months without any eggs at all so we started looking into it and then finally somebody said something in one of the chicken groups and they were like hey is anybody else's chickens not laid a single egg because we've had them for 50 years and we've never gone a winter without a single egg not one not one single egg Well, we started letting our chickens out and to free range. We usually feed them. You can see they're not even touching the feed anymore. Like this has been here for three days. They don't want it. And apparently everybody who's been feeding their chickens, this type of feed has stopped getting eggs altogether. So people who aren't able Mm -hmm. to let their chickens free range or can't run around the yard at all 
aren't getting any eggs. Kind of convenient. What's the fee? Eggs are the price of... Common. I don't even know. Gold at this point, I guess. But, yeah, so... Let's check over here and see if we have any today where they've been out. We had to keep them up yesterday. Yeah, look at here. There she is. She was laying. I was calling for one. She didn't come. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eggs today. Seven eggs. Yes, I know it needs clean. Seven eggs. Seven eggs in one day. We haven't had any for months. Months, y'all. Months. Feed. It's the feed. Everybody's saying it. It's the same thing all across the nation. If you ask people, we're finally figuring it out. So maybe... We can kick the same thing. So. Well, okay. So A, what is the feed? Because uh, because the providers right. of the feed need to be uh, confronted. Well, um, somebody, Mike Adams, I believe it's Mike Adams. Let me scroll down here real quick. I don't really. Chucky Larms is back in the news too, by the way. Chucky Larms. Uh-huh. Chucky Larms is, is, a, is considered a healthy breakfast cereal. Um, in case you guys don't know the story, Chucky Larms is what we call the ghetto brand of uh, cereal you go buy when you can't afford Lucky Charms. It's Chucky Larms. Anyway, um, hold on. Apparently, Mike from the Health Ranger, Mike Adams is his name, I believe, is yep. going to do hardcore testing on tractor supply food feed and see what's going on with it. Because a lot of people get their chicken feed from tractor supply, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, that's an egg update. Not sure if that's what it is. Looks like everybody's talking about that's what it is. People that are saying it's too cold in the winter for them to lay. People are saying, no, 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 no. Not one egg. Not one. Is it coming from China? Is the is the feed coming from China? That's my question. I don't even think it needs to at this point. I think that there are plenty of domestic saboteurs who are willing to do some things. So I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad people are. And again, again, you want some solutions? Let the people who are uh, who are actually in in the dirt every day. Let them take charge, not some government expert. Yeah, that's only gonna that's gonna just steer a contract to one of their other friends that don't care about us. Unbelievable. In the Citizen Free Press headline corner for today on the show, if you're not going to citizenfreepress.com, which I can't Then believe, you're stupid. Yeah. Go over there. For goodness sakes, look at this website. You can't get better. It, it goes on for pages and pages. I, it's a, the most amazing thing ever. I love it so much. Seriously. It's seriously really amazing. He doesn't need our help, Frank. He gets billions of page views, but we're going to help it gets me. It gets me hot. <laughs> The visuals today from you. <laughs> I'm watching Citizen Free Press right now. <laughs> okay, Adam Schiff is running for Senate, Frank. Oh, great. Why? Because he'll he'll he feels like he'll have a better shot getting into some intelligence committee there instead. I, I, I don't know, but he you know he went the the most ironic thing is that he got kicked off the Intel committee and he went over to TikTok to share his frustration about it. TikTok. Of all the things that everybody's talking about right now, he went to the thing that China's using. <laughs> hey, kids. It's me. Just want to tell you, I'm just so upset about the whole thing with, with Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to be a senator now. I'm going to play the clip in a second, unfortunately. 
But Matt Gates just introduced something called the Pencil Act, blocking Adam Schiff from reviewing classified information. <laughs> the Pencil Act. You know why they called it the Pencil Act, right? Pencil neck. Yeah, but also because if you're going to be reviewing information, Frank, you've got yourself a pencil and you're just, you know, mm-hmm. that's how it's done. So let's see what Adam Schiff has to say about running for Senate. Oh, it's too long. It's way too long. Screw that. Forget that. Not playing it. Um, it's probably good. It's probably for most people. It's just probably if they feel like they can do it, they'd rather not have to run and be a part of a uh, the whole election process every two years. They figure out oh, six years. There's yeah. that. But- Which brings us to our next story. Freaking Lindsey Graham stuck in there until 2026 or 2024. 2024. 2024? When did he, he won re-election in 2020, right? 18. In 18? Yeah. Then it would be 24, yeah. 24. Tim Scott was 2020. Yeah. Graham urges Republicans to work with Biden on judicial nominees. Graham wants to kill all of our American sons and daughters by sending them over to Ukraine. Graham is a terrible, terrible, terrible senator. Uh, He's my senator. I'm not proud of it. He's terrible. He's a bad person. He he's election have elections have consequences, says Graham. The committee's new ranking Republican. Let's work together and we'll get some nominations moving in the spirit of what we did in the last Congress. Um, n- no, because the nominees now don't even know the Constitution, as demonstrated by. Um, hold on, I have a clip on Citizen Free Press. Hold on, I'm going to find it. Biden nominee stumped by basic constitutional questions. Kennedy, here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations uh, to all of you. Um, Judge, on the far end, uh, tell tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. (laughs) Okay. How about Article 2? Wow. Neither is Article 2. Are you kidding me right now? Okay. Are you kidding me right now? Wow. These are the people Graham wants us to approve to the judiciary. I can't remember the Constitution that I'm supposed to be using to guide all of my decision-making as a judge. But listen, she is for the LGBT. Oh, Q. Don't forget okay. the Q. And, she's, and she is very strong whammon. So you just, you can't, you can't put actual statute and 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 law in her lap like that she has a much higher calling please i I gotta hear the rest of this look at her face too if you can't see it she's got this smug peter struck peter struck grin on her face oh and a lot of people are asking me about mcgonagall i have not even had a minute to finish the indictment so i'm so far behind on mcgonagall so bear with me i'll catch up here we go kennedy's like what the hell (laughs) Do you know what purposivism is? No, I didn't even know that, so I can't. Is that like a uh, seasoning? Purposivism? Sounds like a seasoning. Put a little purposivism 
on your steak really Irish, brings the flavor out. Irish coffee and his iodine this morning. <laughs> yes. Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with the question. Um, issues. Questions and issues not having to do with the Constitution, clearly. That I'm Obviously. not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our no. research, no, you don't. and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going Obviously to be faced you with don't. it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. Um, he bit, he just asked he just asked a they're bi she's a judge could I start reciting Article Two of the Constitution off the top of my head probably not but here wait best you know you know that's great you, it's, uh, it's just I, I uh, you know when presented with the facts of a case I go and research okay so then we can all be judges then okay uh, the the whole point is that when you go through this these um, this training. Um, I mean, obviously, there's, there's plenty of plenty of questions as to how good that training is these days and when it was when that was even corrupted. But um, uh, you go through years of learning case law that are pivotal in certain ways and in, in how it relates to the Constitution so that you actually know starting uh, starting points as to where to research, but to not even know what article two pertains to it's not coming is, to mind frank yeah it's like okay hold on let me take out my pocket constitution and and figure this out see where 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 should i start as a federal judge where should i start with this this quandary article it's, two. it's incredible article two <laughs> it's the president yeah it that's that article two is where we had is where all those big um the, the the clauses were that give express permission uh, express to responsibility to the legislature for how they conduct their state their state um elections for electoral college Advice votes and, and all that is in there right terrible i'm not a judge i'm not supposed to know it just saying um real quick i just wanted to i have a goal frank we're not quite there yet but um i have a goal Ratings have come out, Frank. CNN ratings, ratings. He headline here, CNN primetime viewers crater to 444,000. Don Lamont hits record low. And Fox ratings are around 1.38 million. Okay? That's peanuts. It's pathetic. Even Fox's ratings are peanuts. Okay? Yeah. I want us to have more ratings than CNN, and we're not quite at 500,000. We're getting there, but we're not there. I want us to be at like 550,000. What, a week? Yeah. Okay. So everybody has to help us because I wanna be able to say that more people are watching the Dark Delight podcast than tune in to Don Lamont. Let's go through some yeah. of this. How are we on the on this on the these the, the 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 rankings on like iTunes or something in the news? What who do we beat out in the top two hundred? Anybody? Are we in the top two hundred? We're right there in the top two hundred. We're not there yet. We're not quite in the top two hundred yet, which is okay. very sad to me. It's very sad. 
but it's okay. It's right. I mean, they they neutered me for years, okay? Like they neutered me. I wasn't able to reach anybody. They they neutered me like like a like a sad puppy. <laughs> and I'm back on Twitter now, so hopefully that'll help. Um, we have a bunch of people watching over there, and the view counter on Twitter is completely wrong, because it's showing we have three thousand forty four people watching, but the little person thing only says thirty four. So I don't know what that's all about. Maybe it's uh, three thousand. It's probably been views. It's probably been people who have clicked on at least for a little while, and the little person counter is probably those who are watching concurrently. I, I don't know. I don't think that's that's correct. Okay. It never was when I used to do Periscope, ever. In the back end, it was never like that. It was always a lot higher. But anyway, even if there are only 41 of you here right now, welcome. <laughs> share it with the share it with your families. <laughs> um, they did. They Breitbart was really kind, and they did a whole rundown of the CNN lies over the years. Do you want to go through some of the things CNN has lied to us about? Sure. The Russia collusion hoax. Hands up, don't shoot hoax. The Jesse Smollett hoax. The Covington kids hoax. The very fine people hoax. The seven hour gap hoax. I don't know what that is. Global warming. Russian bounties. Trump trashes troops. Policemen killed at mostly peaceful January 6th protest. Rittenhouse. Eating while black. I don't know what that is either. Border agents whipping illegals. NASCAR noose. Do you remember that? When they sent out the FBI to investigate a noose? Yep, and it was just a, it was a, just a garage pull. Yeah, the Georgia Jim Crow 2.0, the Trump assaulted Secret Service agents and grabbed the steering wheel of the beast hoax. That one was good, and frame MAGA for alleged Paul Pelosi assault narrative, by which we're getting the video of after this trial's over. By the way, yeah, do I, I wonder care? Who produced it. <laughs> I, I wonder who produced it. It's probably gonna. It's got. It's probably gonna. They're probably going to release something that looks like an episode of, uh, you know, Blacklist or something. Blacklist and just completely. Great show. Co yeah, completely exaggerate things or. I'm out of it. I'm out of that. But, you, you know, and that's just like a, an abridged list. An, an abridged oh, yeah. list. But, but when, when you have it in front of you, you're always reminded again about how we are tormented nonstop. Every last one of those points ate up about a week to a month or years of conscious discussion in public and it, it, it shaped minds and it is a it's it's horrible it's horrible these are the things that we forget about because we're just so dazed from it all and we are dazed aren't we we are and that's why it's friday frank and so we're going to close out the show saying everybody go out in nature this weekend please yes. Get some sun, spend time with your friends and family, do something spiritually uplifting. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time live on Rumble, Getter, and now Twitter. And don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at QuiteFrankly.tv. We will be back here on Monday. Later. <laughs>